Yeah, just jump in there, right? You can witness one event of the past, present, or future. Um, what would it be? Witness one event. You mean, could it be historical or personal? Oh, there you go. Could be one or the other. Um, honestly, um, I wouldn't mind meeting my father's father. He, he passed away before I was born. And uh, from what I understand, he and I had a lot in common, uh, similar attitudes, uh, similar uh, philosophies. And uh, it, would be, it would be really cool to see my dad's face, me meeting his father. That would be pretty cool. Uh, and what is the current chapter of your life? If you give it a title, what would you call it and why? The, uh, the current chapter of my life, I would confidently call QTL. And what QTL stands for is quality time left. And I, I've worked a long career in the, uh, the media and advertising and production and entertainment industry, about 30 years. And, uh, you know, worked for a large national company, made all sorts of money. And then a couple of years ago, I walked away from it to concentrate on what I'm doing now on the consulting and coaching side, because the, the number one currency that I, it took me a long time to figure out, uh, you know, not the dollars, not the cars, not the houses, the traveling, all that kind of stuff. The number one currency is QTL, quality time left with my family. I have two sons, I have a daughter-in-law. I wake up every morning, I get to have a coffee with my wife, we get to take walks together. We get to eat dinner together. You can't get that back. And I can't take whatever money I earned with me. So, uh, you know, the, what I'm experiencing right now, living in Southern California with the beautiful weather, um, you know, my wife and I are kind of having a renaissance. It's wonderful. Um, and it's quality time left. That's the chapter of the book that I'm on right now. And I hope it's a very long chapter. I love it. Um, so, Let's say that you walk into a room full of strangers, right? You know, you get to tell one story of any kind. And it's the kind of story that would make everybody in that room remember the, the name Corey Disson, right? <laughs> What's the story you're telling? Okay. Um, that's, a, that's a really good question. I, I, my, the, the challenge is not to think of a story, it's to think of which story, um, because there have been many that uh, I have told and continue to tell to leave an imprint on someone. Um, what I would probably say is when I was younger, I wanted to be an on-air personality. I wanted to be the next Howard Stern. I wanted to be behind the microphone and I wanted to uh, have lots of listeners and, and to be you know, that entertainment media mogul, let's say. So I had the opportunity to intern at a, a radio station, a major market radio station in Philadelphia when I was 19 years old. And two weeks into my internship, the entire air staff was fired. So that got my attention. I'm a big fan of stability. I have a bad habit. I like to eat three times a day. And when I saw that someone can come in with a snap of the fingers, kind of like Thanos, and all of a sudden the whole air staff is gone, 
I said, what is the next best thing that I could do in the entertainment business, in the radio business that would create stability and longevity? And that's when I met a gentleman by the name of Paul Turner. Paul Turner was happened to be the voice of the Howard Stern show. And uh, he took me underneath his wing and I got to be sort of his uh, protege, his mascot, which turned into his assistant, which turned into his producer, his production director, his general manager, and then running his production business for a long time. So that single moment, that epiphany of, hey, Corey, you're not going to be on the air, but here's a, here's a career opportunity for you. That moment when I made the decision to uh, cultivate my relationship with Paul Turner, who happened to be working at the radio station at the same time, that changed my life. Wow, that, that is a story. And that I, so it's one of those things where you get hit by it and then you're just digesting it for a minute because there's, there's a lot that, that just comes from it. Um, what Does everything happen for a reason? Or do we find reasons for why everything happens? Or is it somewhere between? Well, what I would say is everything does happen for a reason. Um, what you put out into the universe comes back to you. I'm a big proponent of that. It's kind of like what the book, The Secret, talks about. You can manifest things. You can will things to happen if you keep your mind channel on the right energy. Um, you know, but you can't be a leaf in the wind either. You have to be able. You have to be able to push yourself through a day by saying, "This is the direction that I'm going to go to get to my destination." Most people don't structure their lives that way. They are a, you could say, victim of being pulled through their day as events happen to them. But if if you decide ahead of time to create a course of action to push yourself through the day in various little steps, you can create those opportunities and then the reasons for thing, why things happen. I, I lived it. I totally lived it. Like I said, I walked away from a very lucrative, long-time you know, career with tons of fringe benefits. I walked away from it because I knew what I'm doing now would create the, the, the ultimate currency for me. Like I said, QTL. So I, there was a bunch of things that I did in preparation for this moment. And I say this moment over the course of a couple of years, you know, that I'm experiencing and continue to experience to keep building. I made that happen. I made those reasons. You can make those reasons to make things happen. So I hope that answers your question sufficiently. It is. And I'm going to turn 90 degrees because I like, it keeps things on its toes a little bit. Let's go. Bring right. it on. The, Let's go. The most, it doesn't have to be a, a well-lived life. It can be a badly lived life. I don't care. I, I consume a silly amount of autobiographies, um, you know, and which life that you've read about fascinates you the most or has? Which life that I've read about fascinates me the most? You know, I would probably gravitate to Muhammad Ali. I'm a huge boxing fan, um, not only as a fan, but as a participant. Uh, you know, I've had my, uh, my days in the ring and trained in the ring. And, you know, what Muhammad Ali did 
as a young man, you know, through his life, you know, losing his heavyweight championship at the prime of his career because he stood on some political principle. Um, the fact that he was act, act, able to overcome such, uh, you know, dominant physical forces, you know, the men who he stood in the ring against were considered unbeatable and monsters, guys like Sonny Liston and George Foreman and Joe Frazier. And he, he proved that, you know, he said something very, very profound that I use in my everyday, and I'm paraphrasing it. It's not the skill, it's the will. And he proved the will to persevere through all types of adversity, both personal and professional, athletic and beyond. And he lived a, he lived a pretty darn good life. And at one point he was vilified for his beliefs when he uh, refused to go uh, fight in the Vietnam War. But by the time he was an older man and stricken with Parkinson's, uh, he was revered as uh, you know, someone who is very well respected, stood upon principle, and he was loved. And I think that's a really cool life arc and journey. And you know, look, am I am I going to be the heavyweight champion of the world? Not pushing age fifty, no, it's not happening. But if I could live half as good as he did, uh, that would be a, quite an accomplishment. Um, and what question do you wish people? would have asked you more often, if ever. What question do I wish people would have asked me more often, if ever? What does it mean to be a coach? People don't ask that question. They think they know the answer already. That's why they reach out to me. But if they ask the question, they would get the right answer on what it means to be a coach. Um, and I guess I ought to answer that question, seeing that we just sort of asked it out loud. Um, most people seek whatever type of coach, professional coach, athletic coach, whatever it is, because they're seeking magical answers. The problem is they don't need the magical answers. They just have to learn to ask the right questions. That's why people need a coach. Beautifully put. Um, and you don't really need to say much more than that. I like how it just ended. Um, is there anything while you're here that you'd like to promote or plug as soon as you've got the floor? <laughs> well, how much time do you have? <laughs> we'll stick to one thing. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, obviously I coach entrepreneurs uh, for a living. Uh, you know, I teach them how to, you know, I assist them with their unlock, you know, unlocking their potential. But uh, if I could drive traffic to any one of my verticals, I own a design firm. We create websites and logos and branding and uh, really enjoy that side of the business as well. It's called the Disson Design Team. You can find it on CoreyDisson.com. Um, it's a pretty cool service. And, uh, you know, we really enjoy doing the creative work and that's, that's kind of where a lot of, a lot of my business is starting to gravitate towards is the visual branding side. Again, right. Beautiful. Thanks for your time. I enjoyed your answers.